welcome to the Viking Voice. Hi, Mrs. Weibel. Welcome to a new week. Yep, it is Tuesday, March 31st, last day in March, it which has been the longest month. <laughs> it has. It's been the mar longest March in the history of marches. <laughs> I, I totally so. agree. I could not agree anymore. First of all, we want to provide an update on Friday. We talked about Miss Dana. We had her on our podcast, and she talked about her family. She did write to give us an update on that. Mr. Scudder, you want to read what she had to say? So this was three days ago, and I haven't heard from her since. This is what she wanted the podcast listeners to hear. Uh, she said, we received the test results from my in-laws last night, and they both tested positive for the coronavirus. They were among the five new cases in Livingston County yesterday. Both are at home and doing really well so far. Keep them in your thoughts. Tim, that's Miss Dana's significant other, has been feeling much better today, so good news on that front. It sounds like everything's going well okay uh, in the Dana household. Thank you for that update, Miss Dana. We're still thinking about you and your family, and we're glad to hear a positive outcome so far. So speaking of the virus, Sunday the president extended the social distancing recommendations to last through April 30th. So we've got another month for sure that these recommendations are going to be in place. How do you feel about that, Mr. Scudder? Well, it's, it's a bit confusing, to be honest. When we talk about state laws versus national laws, when we hear the national government or the federal government say that, you know, we have social distancing extensions, and then we have, you know, Michigan saying, you know, we're, we're having this court, this shelter in place until April 13th. Other states, you know, Florida is only having certain groups staying in. It, it gets a bit confusing trying to figure everything out. Honestly, I, I, I wish we would see a more federal response and have, you know, all of the states follow the same guidelines just to clear up a lot of the confusion and also just to uh, save us from having to go into this whole social distancing thing in the future. Uh, when I first heard it, I have to say my first feeling was relief. Like, finally, I know that it's going to be extended. I feel like that's a good thing. We, we had numbers going up, so I think it was the right call. So I felt relief over that. It also helps knowing that for the next month, I'm still going to be in this same situation. I think my stress comes from the uncertainty of it all. Yeah. And so being in limbo, are we going to meet this 13th deadline? Um, are we going to be expected to go back to school on the 13th? Those types of questions are lingering and, and they're stressful. You know, what's going to happen? I think having this extended, okay, through April 30th, it makes my everyday life feel less like my situation is temporary in a way. And it makes me feel more in control. Like, I, okay, so this is my new normal and I can kind of dig in. So it was, it was actually a relief for me. I, I totally agree. And I'm, I'm kind of sticking to the numbers. When I, when I look at places like China and Italy that have flared up and South Korea uh, that where they have done social distancing and then they attempted to let people out of that social distancing situation back into, you know, what we would call regular life. They've seen spikes uh, of the virus again. And I've, I felt the same way that you did that, you know, I really think the right thing to do right now is to get this under control once and for all. So we don't have to continue to do this over and over again. 
But at the same time, I was shocked when I looked at my calendar. I kind of lost track of time. I don't know how you're, how you're doing with keeping track of time, but I thought we have been in this situation for a good three weeks. And I counted on the calendar. It's been 16 days that I've been in my house. Uh, how, <laughs> right. How's time with you? How is time going for you? It's interesting because I have felt the opposite in that I can't believe that it's been two weeks already and that we're in our third week. I, it just doesn't feel like that long in some ways. Mm -hmm. And then if I were to look back and think back to March 13th, that Friday the 13th, yeah. when we woke up and our world had kind of changed as far as education, that seems like forever ago. Yeah, it does. I don't know. I think I just try to take it one day at a time. Every morning when I get up, I look at what do I have to get done today? What's on my schedule for today? And I try to just focus on that. I think that's the best way to go about this. Uh, honestly, I'm, I'm sensing a lot of anxiety with students that I've interacted with just online. The best way I think we have to move forward is just one, one minute at a time and control what we can control. And we kind of put a poll out to students asking, what do you want us to talk about? We have a press conference coming up. I believe it's going to be on Wednesday. Wait, you and I do? <laughs> Not <laughs> us. Oh, I thought we are getting a press conference. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, Mr. Scudder and I are now running for president <laughs> together. <laughs> Big announcement on Wednesday. Okay. No, I would not want to inherit this. On Wednesday, the governor is supposed to speak regarding schools. Some information has apparently been leaked. There is an article out there by a organization called Bridge Michigan. Yep, Bridge Michigan. And it is claiming that the governor is going to be closing schools for the remainder of the school year. So a lot of students have been writing asking, I'm confused, are schools closed? Are they not closed? If they are closed, are we going to be doing virtual school? What if I don't have internet? Or what if I have, I know a, a classmate of mine does not have internet, how are they going to learn? I have students asking me, what about moving on to high school from eighth grade? I'm not going to know what I'm doing. This is going to be so hard to take on my freshman year without finishing my eighth grade year. And so I just want everybody to calm down. Uh -huh. You're going to be okay. First of all, I would wait for the press conference before I panicked about any of this. Can I, yeah, can I interject for just a second? So I talk, Absolutely. I talk so much in class about source material and making sure that your, your sources are, you know, reliable. But I don't know a lot about this Bridge Michigan. I, it says it's a Michigan nonpartisan, nonprofit news source. I read a bit about it, but I really couldn't get a sense from the 10 minutes that I spent researching them, you know, what is the professionalism? Are, are they a reputable source? So it could be Uncle Billy Bob created a, a news site called Bridge Michigan. But from reading it, it, in, you know, we talk a lot about in class about when you read articles, kind of the keys, things to look for, too much advertisements, too much clickbait. I know Mrs. Quist talks about this as well. This looks like it's a pretty reliable source for the most part. And it looks like it's kind of on track. But with that said, Let's wait to hear what the governor has to say and what the state of Michigan ultimately decides. It's a very detailed article on different things that are allegedly going to be put into effect. If this is fact and it comes to fruition and the governor 
calls a press conference and says, yep, I've signed this, this is what we're doing, we will deal with that. We will deal with that when we get there. The most important thing to know is that you are all in the same boat. Every eighth grader in the entire state of Michigan is in the same boat as you. Or every senior graduating, you know, this was supposed to be their year to graduate and start college. Every single senior out there is in the same position. Teachers are going to take care of you. We're going to help you through it. We're going to support you in whatever way we can. School districts are going to make sure that kids are taken care of. So we don't want you to have to worry. It will be a big change. It might be a difficult transition, but it's not going to be a transition where you're going to be left to kind of struggle on your own. So I want to make that clear. The next teachers you have are going to pick up where we left off. We're going to have communications up and down the line of where we left our curriculum and where they need to pick it up. So it's not like you're, you're, you've missed an entire school year. You, you've done two-thirds of the school year. So rest assured that the teachers you're going to have in the future are going to be aware that, that there might be some, some content that you missed and maybe some skills they need to work on with you. So if this turns out to be fact, just know that there will be a procedure, there will be things in place, supports in place, and you don't need to worry. Yeah, and it's also a good time. We, we really don't know what we're going to, going to be doing as a district. We, we may continue teaching even though we're going to be remote. I've already started thinking about online classes for those people that have, you know, capabilities to get online, but also helping people that, that maybe don't have access to a computer and, and a fast uh, internet. So uh, we are going to take care of you either way. Absolutely. We have some uncertainty surrounding how long this is going to last. We mentioned that April 30th deadline. I actually saw an interview with Bill Gates, who I've been learning a lot about lately because I've been watching that Netflix special. Mm -hmm. He felt like the end of April would be where our numbers peak and that really by the end of April, we will be maybe through the peak, but we would still need possibly another month. Now, he's not an infectious disease specialist. Um, we refer to Dr. Fauci for that, who's been giving press conferences regularly with yeah. the president. But even so, there's uncertainty about that. We have a facility being built by the Army Corps of Engineers right now. They are going to start construction on this facility, and they're going to retrofit a building, the TCF Center, in Detroit to be an alternative health facility. And so what they've been doing is they've been building these facilities. They go up rather quickly in a matter of days. And that is so that if you are a patient who does not have COVID-19, who has other medical issues that require hospitalization, but you don't need critical care, then you would go to an alternative facility to free up space in our hospitals. They have done this in other locations, most notably recently New York in Queens, and they're going to be building one in Detroit. Also building one here, I, this is not the Army Corps of Engineers, but they're also retrofitting a Grand Valley uh, Cook DeVos Center downtown Grand Rapids to house 250 hospital beds and patients. 
if you find yourself in a bad predicament, let's say you jump off your trampoline and you got a broken arm and you come to a hospital in Grand Rapids, you, you may not find yourself in an actual hospital being taken care of. You, you might end up in a college dorm room. This Army Corps of Engineers and, and all these other businesses that are retrofitting other facilities, it, it's pretty fascinating really to watch them do this. I know in downtown New York City today, I saw in Central Park, they were putting up giant tents to to put patients outside. What you're seeing is something that we haven't been through before. This is a method that I think has worked in some other countries where they've done something similar. And so this is going to really help relieve that load so that patients who are critical, who need those services can get them. I think the most basic thing, students, that you need to think about is, you know, a hospital is built to service uh, what they typically see for injuries and, and, you know, illness and all of that. But if something like this comes and it's above and beyond what their capability is, they have got to expand quickly because they're only built for, you know, to handle a certain load. And when this system gets overloaded, uh, they've got to, they've got to build new equipment. They've got to build new housing and, and all of that. So uh, it, it is from a logistics standpoint, which is what they're really doing. It's, it's quite amazing. I saw a story on that on 60 Minutes on Sunday night, and they spoke with the head of the Army Corps of Engineers who has been working on the plans and putting together these facilities. And he's a pretty interesting guy. If you ever get a chance to see an interview, very straightforward, definitely, I think, a good leader, and he's on top of it. I got to say, when I saw that interview, and I've seen a couple interviews with him, I felt a lot better. I felt calmer. He's a quirky character, but you can tell he means business. He's right to the point. Call him a pragmatist. He just gets things done. And he, honestly, I don't know about you, but I felt a lot better after seeing him. Speaking of feeling a lot better, on that same 60 Minutes episode, you know, one of my favorite people ever was on. Yes, you've turned me on to uh, this person. My girl, Brene Brown, was interviewed on 60 Minutes Sunday night. And I would just like to point out that I have been reading Brene Brown books way before it was cool. Okay, I've been a longtime fan Mm -hmm. of Brene Brown. Braving the Wilderness, Daring Greatly, Rising Strong, those are all great books by her. If you're an eighth grader listening right now, I gave a speech on World Kindness Day. Yep. And I used some of her material as the basis of this speech in about how everybody is doing the best they can. And you have to assume that everybody is doing the best they can. And when you assume that, your attitude towards other people and the way you interact with them changes. Because if you assume that they're giving 100%, then instead of responding with anger, that they're not meeting your expectation, you start to respond with empathy. If this is their 100%, then I need to reach out to this person. So she has changed my entire perspective as a person and as a teacher and has completely transformed how I teach in my classroom. So I was so excited to see her on 60 Minutes on Sunday night. I was too. And I've read one of her books um, from your recommendation. And and I will say, you know, one of the things at the beginning of the year, especially, and and I've mentioned it at least once a week, uh, is this concept of courage over comfort. And that is a Brene Brown thing. 
Um, and especially in this time, we're all doing this thing, this shelter in place thing for the first time. And it's going to take a lot of courage to get through it. And I, and I, I want to tell you, students, I, I get the sense that we're, we're just at the beginning phases of this. This might be our new normal for a while. And that means we're going to be doing things for the very first time. And we've, we've got to embrace it and find a way through it. And it sucks, as Brene Brown would say. Uh, wouldn't you agree, Mrs. Weibel? She yes, say, she does say this. Embrace the suck. And when you're doing anything for the first time, you really suck at it, usually, uh, unless you're, you know, a savant or you're just magically gifted. But when you put people in a house or an apartment or, or any kind of shelter together really close, it's the first time we've had to do this for an extended amount of time. So we've got to embrace this and find our way through it. And it might take a while to figure out. Embrace the suck, everybody. That's what I'm saying. It's good advice. By the way, the interview that she gave on Sunday night was in reference to her podcast. She has a podcast now, and her podcast is called Unlocking Us. I did listen to it because I'm a super fan. She talked about communicating to other people, you know, what level are you at? Just communicating how you're doing and naming how you're feeling is really important in terms of a method to sort of work through this first time suckiness, I guess. Right. I listened to her, her first podcast this morning on a run and when she talked about naming that feeling, um, it, we're, we're afraid to name that feeling sometimes, whatever it is that, w that we're going through. And, and she, she points out that as soon as we're able to name it and put a name on whatever it is we're experiencing, then we take that power away. Uh, from the feeling and, and we can start to move forward. So I think it's a good message. There are a lot of things people are doing to help them move through it and stress relief and feel better. Remember I mentioned last week we were going to do possibly a virtual game night with my pals. And how did it go? It was so much fun. There's actually a lot of stuff out there that you can do more than what I was expecting because I've never been in this situation where I've had to make use of that. Right. We just get together yeah. in person. There are a couple of things you can do. There's a website called boardgamearena.com, mm -hmm. and that has board games that you can play together with friends online. So that's one source. Helena mentioned that on her iPhone, there's an app you can download called Game Pigeon that you can send games back and forth between people, and she recommended that one. Also, Zoom has a whiteboard feature on it that you can share out to your friends so you can play Pictionary, stuff like that, using just the whiteboard on Zoom. That would be an easy one. How would that work? Let me give you some context. I have a friend this is going to make me sound old. He wants to play cribbage. He's, he's been a lifelong cribbage player with his family. And he said, let's, let's play cribbage. And I said, I have no idea how to do this. He was trying to show me through FaceTime yesterday how to play. And I had no idea. Is that the kind of thing you can do with this whiteboard? Full disclosure, I have never played cribbage. Okay. I thought, I thought cribbage was a card game. It is. It's a, okay. it's a card game with a board, and then you've got like these little, I don't know, these little jack pieces, these little metal pieces that you move along. You get certain points for certain runs and things like that. 
Okay. This seemed, I thought you would be all over cribbage. You are a crocheter. You knit. <laughs> you are into bird watching. Um, what else was I making fun of you the other day about? Oh, just name all my old lady skills. <laughs> it seems right up your alley. Anyway. I prefer crafty. Okay. Sure. Sure. Okay. Sure. By the way, speaking of bird watching, I had a pair of mallard ducks in my backyard this morning. Mm. My son Evan named them Charlie and Connie, and I don't know if they're looking for a nesting place, but it's weird because we are not, I mean, my neighborhood is residential 100%. I don't know what they were doing. They were just hanging out, eating breakfast in our backyard. So I did some bird watching today, actually. Of course you did. Because why not? I had the time and they were there. <laughs> right. Anyway, back to the Zoom whiteboard. I You didn't get a chance to look at it to see how it functioned? Well, it just says whiteboard and you draw on it and then you share it, I think, with your other participants. Oh, I see. Okay. So you kind of just go back and forth. They can see what you're writing on there. I see. Okay. Yes. All right. So you would clear it and then somebody else would take control of the whiteboard and draw. Okay. That's one you could do. We actually ended up doing a paid service called Jackbox, and they have party packs of different games. So there's like trivia games. We did like a drawing game. There's party packs with different games. It's an app on my friend's TV. So he downloaded the app on his smart TV and then broadcast his screen on Zoom. He just put his camera pointing at a screen oh, I so that we could all see it. Yep. And then yeah. you play by selecting your choices. You actually select those on your smartphone. You type in your responses and stuff on your phone. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. we Zoomed while we were playing it. I just pinned his camera as my main screen on Zoom. And we, we could hear each other and chit-chat and stuff while we were playing. It was really fun. How many people did you have playing? Seven of us. Wow. That's awesome. Do you know the cost? I'm just wondering because I, I have some friends and, and I can tell people are getting stir crazy because I have people reaching out like, let's play words with friends again. Let's play cribbage, as I said before. Uh, let's play mini golf, things like that. So there's a there's a definite need out there. How, mu how much was this Jackbox? So I don't know what the app was. I didn't ask him about that, if it was a cost to download the app. The party packs have, I think, about five or six games in them, and they're 25 bucks a pack. Okay. All right. I'll take a peek at it. Anyway, it was a lot of fun. So we had a ball. Yeah. And thanks, Selena, for the game pigeon. I'll check that one out as well, because I'm really, we're trying to find ways to connect. Uh, I know at least personally I am, and uh, the, the good references. Appreciate it. Yeah, so what's this thing about Star Wars original trilogy? Well, I added this to the list just because, you know, I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan, but growing up uh, in the time period that I did, Star Wars was, was everything. And so I have a little taste, a little touch of, of Star Wars. I haven't really gotten into the series past the original trilogy. I've, I've went to the ones over the last couple of years that have come out. Uh, mostly to amuse uh, my family that is that are really into Star Wars. At any rate, I um, decided, you know, since we're home, the boys um, started to get interested because my my brother started to talk about Star Wars, and they just saw like I don't know a Chewbacca doll or something and got really into it. So I decided to show it to them. They're five, 
They just turned five a couple months ago. It was a really good experience. It was really cool. We're kind of Star Wars crazy right now in the house. There were scenes where the kids were scared. Uh, of course, Darth Vader is is a pretty scary guy, especially in the, the second and third episodes. But um, I just thought I'd share that. I don't know if, if you've done that with your kids yet. We watched one. I'm torn on what order I should be showing them in. Yeah. Because they were created in a different order than the events. Correct. I have not cared too much about the newer ones. I'm, I'm not a huge Star Wars super fan, right. but I liked those movies when I was a kid. So I'm probably going to only show them those for now. Yeah, I, that's kind of where I'm at, too. The Phantom Menace is garbage. I'm just going to say it. I don't care. You can, you can, you know, send me all the tweets and the uh, Instagram messages you want, students. It's really not good. So if you did it in order, I think you have to start with the Phantom Menace and then go all the way through. I just came to the conclusion you got to show them the original. What about, like, attention span? That is not like a fast-moving movie, in my opinion. No. So this is what, especially with five-year-olds, I had to watch with them explain what was going on it was i was basically a narrator while the movie was going on so they held their attention really well the first entire episode they watched and were just totally into it the second one i think halfway through they lost a little bit of interest the third one beck got scared because darth vader did whatever uh and the ewoks hadn't come into the story once the ewoks came in they were they were all in it was game on the other thing just a side note uh, my wife does listen to this podcast occasionally. I would peek over at Jess and I could tell she hadn't really paid attention when she was a kid to these Star Wars movies and she was really into it. So um, <laughs> that was a, kind of a second thing I wasn't expecting. She was rediscovering the story. Or discovering the story you know, <laughs> for the first time. Yeah. I was more of a space balls kind of a person. Mm. Oh my gosh, don't get me started with Dark Helmet. I'll go all night. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> Me too. So a couple other things I thought we should talk about. Um, I received two things from Micah Estelle that I wanted to share with everybody. The first thing is uh, he sent this to me from Instagram, and it was just a, a black and white Instagram post that said, I'm getting tired of being part of a major historical event. <laughs> and it was so simple, but it was just a funny little meme that um, I, I, I think we can all relate to. This is a challenging time, but obviously a historic time. So uh, we, we don't have the, the choice or the, we don't get to pick and choose our historical events, people. We are living the coronavirus uh, event, so. That brings to mind one of the things that Brene Brown talked about. Usually in a crisis, it's, it's an instant event. It's short term, you have a big high stress level and then there's recovery within days. This is a long-term extended event. This is just a marathon for us. That's something to remember. Like, yeah, we are, we, we're only a month in and we're really sick of, not even, this is, yeah, what'd you say, 16 days or something? Yeah, 16 days since um, we left school. Mm -hmm. We're in it for the long haul. So I think we can all relate to that sentiment. Like, yeah, we're all sick of it. She said something on the podcast uh, to the effect of what, what a lot of people are experiencing and some of you eighth graders for the first time is grief. 
we're, we're yeah. kind of going through this moment where we're, we're grieving contact with other people. We're grieving the relationships uh, with our friends. We're grieving the sports that we played and, and just our regular everyday life. I know I am. And some of you might be experiencing that feeling uh, for the very first time right now. Uh, Micah definitely is feeling uh, some grief going through this historic moment. The other thing that, that Micah sent me, which I did not know about, and it totally makes sense, is that there is a run on baby chicks around the nation. People are running to all of the family farm and fleets, the tractor supply stores, any place that sells baby chickens right now uh, is sold out. People are raising their own for obvious uh, purposes, for eggs, for, for delicious chicken wings and such. Uh, <laughs> Mrs. Weibel, I know you're a vegetarian, but those chicken wings are delicious. Mm. And uh, there, it, it was in a Newsweek article. So Micah, thanks for sending that. That's kind of one of those things that, you know, you don't really think about. But You figure, especially at a time where people are afraid of food scarcity. Right. For example, within that first week when people were hoarding the most ridiculous things because they were mm -hmm. just out of their minds, you know, there's no bread. So then what do people do? Well, I'll just make my own bread. So then there's no flour. And so this is just another sort of symptom of that. So I'll just get chickens and raise them and then I'll get my own eggs. And then if I need meat and there's none at the store, I'll just kill one of my chickens. And I totally get it. It brings security to people to feel like they're in control. Agreed. And we're getting to the point where things are coming back into stock. Uh, you know, there doesn't need to be this panic buying uh, that mm -hmm. took place over the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, things are, are coming slowly. Some of them are slowly. Um, others are not. Jigsaw puzzles, Mrs. Weibel. Have you done any jigsaw puzzles since we've been on this 16-day hiatus? I've actually thought about getting puzzles out. But I also think about, ooh, that's going to take up my coffee table or my kitchen table. We don't have a spacious home with lots of areas. I can't just, like, leave a puzzle out. So it's got to be something that we can get done pretty quickly. Right. Yep. Or it's going to be just in the way and inconvenient, and pieces are going to get lost. So I haven't gotten the puzzles out yet, but I would like to. We'll see. Yeah, we did one with the boys. It was a dinosaur one. It was 100 pieces. The four of us did it all together, and I think it took like, I don't know, maybe 25, 30 minutes. But here's why I bring up jigsaw puzzles. It is one of the hot items that people are hunting for. In fact, the Wall Street Journal had an article uh, yesterday, uh, coronavirus means everyone wants jigsaw puzzles. Good luck <laughs> buying one. And it, it showed the top 10 uh, Amazon searches. Uh, the items that people were shopping for the most on Amazon. The top nine, of course, were cleaning products and paper products. But um, I believe it was number six, and I don't have the article right in front of me, but I believe the sixth highest searched thing was jigsaw puzzles. So, wow. man, we are going back in time with certain things. The only time I really ever do puzzles is in the summer when, you know, it's a rainy day and you're at your cottage or your cabin yep. and you get out the puzzle that's from, you know, 1985 <laughs> yes. and it's a thousand pieces and you spend a whole day working on it, yep. right? Mm -hmm. That's what, so I, I think we're kind of tapping into that, which in my opinion, I think there's some good to that. Slower, slower pace to things, more connection with family. I think those are definitely silver linings. Yeah. 
for sure. I did not. I have not tried to buy a puzzle on Amazon. Maybe I should try see if I can get one. I, I haven't, but you know what? Let me do it right now. Jigsaw puzzle. Uh, holy cow! Not even one. There is one thing available for jigsaw puzzles. It is a blank jigsaw puzzle. It's sixteen ninety nine. It's a hundred pieces, but they're all blank. So you have to like color your own puzzle, which kind of sounds fun, really. I could see some students getting involved in this. I've seen students like uh, coloring their van shoes. This could be kind of a fun thing where you make your own puzzle and then you know ship it off to a friend to put together. Let's talk about Amazon shopping for just a second Yep. and trends. And um, I'm starting to feel old. I am getting cold hands and cold feet. This is why I've all, and I bought for the first time in my life, a pair of slippers on Amazon the other day. And <laughs> we're getting old. You're watching birds. I'm buying slippers to keep my feet warm at night. I need to know what style of slipper did you choose? First of all, first question. Yep. Does it have a hard sole to it, like a tread? Yeah, it do- so it does, yes. Okay, so it's a tread. All right. Um, is it a full-on slipper, or is it only the front half of the foot? Okay, so it, it took me a, a good half an hour to find one that would suit my needs. Um, this is a fairly inexpensive pair of slippers. It is men's cashmere cotton knitted slippers with cozy memory foam and fuzzy coral fleece lining. (laughs) It does have a rubber sole, but I did watch the video on it and it would, you know, you could move it around because I need this thing while I'm laying in bed. As I fall asleep, my toes are freezing. I don't know what's going on. You're going to have to post a picture of you in your slippers to Instagram. I will. I promise I will. Well, if it makes you feel better, I am an avid slipper wearer. I mean, that's not shocking considering I also knit, crochet, and bird watch. But right. I recently got a new pair of slippers because of my plantar fasciitis in All my right. right foot. Yep. Which is still is still has not gone away. Mm. So I had to get slippers that have like a an arch support in them. Oh. And my <laughs> mother-in-law had come over for something. This is months ago. She had come over for something and I was wearing my slippers and she didn't say anything. But then the next time I saw her, she had a brand new pair of slippers for me. And she said to me, and I quote, when I saw those slippers you were wearing, I just thought, oh no, oh, you can't wear those ugly old lady (laughs) slippers. And she got me new ones. Wait, I was so insulted. She called them old lady slippers? My own mother-in-law called my slippers ugly old lady slippers. Oh, this is just sealing the deal. Bird watching. I mean, all of this was coming together. Well, the story continues because shortly after that, on a Sunday morning, I went to Meyer with my husband. That's our Sunday morning routine. And I got out of the car and was walking through the parking lot. And I said, oh my gosh, I did not put shoes on. I wore my slippers to Meyer. <laughs> Is that my future? It might be, Mr. Scudder. I don't know. I laughed so hard I cried in the parking lot. And Dan looked at me like I was a a nut job. And he's like, he goes, this is how it starts. This is how it starts. (laughs) This is how it starts. So he was stuck walking through Meyer with me wearing slippers. Well, hey, one last thing regarding Amazon purchases and and, uh, clothing. I have never been a sweatpants guy, ever. 
And I have to be honest, of the last 16 days that we've been away from school, I can count, I think, three days that I put jeans on or something other than these Nike sweatpants that I have. I'm Mm -hmm. just being totally honest right now. They might be able to walk themselves. I don't know. You're in good company. I I figured. I can tell you exactly one time. One day I put jeans on. The whole time. One day. That's it. This whole time. Yeah, I think it was three, it was three for me. I had to do some lawn work. I had to do some power washing, um, and I had to I don't know run an errand or something. But uh, yeah, I think three times. So I I'm embracing sweatpants, and it makes me think when this is over, what kind of trend? If this goes a little bit longer, is there going to be long term trends in clothing styles? Are we all just going to be like walking around with sweatpants and slippers and like ah, eh, this is just how it is now? Yeah, we've just given up on other clothes. <laughs> That's it. Forget it. Let's just be comfortable. I think it could go a couple of ways. It could go the one way where more fitted, uh, tailored clothes are going to be so uncomfortable to us that we're just not going to want to wear them. And suddenly elastic waist pants are just going to be the next big thing, right? That's one way it could go. Or it could swing to the other extreme where we're so happy to get out of the house and put something else on that we're all very high fashion. Oh, great point. I didn't think about that. Well, this has been fun, Mrs. Weibel. It's great to catch up with you and see how things are going. I'm expecting that in the next couple of days, we're going to get some guidance on where school is headed for the next uh, few months. I look forward to that news. I really do. I miss I miss the students. I know that you do as well. And I can't yeah. wait to at least get some direction. Like, what are we going to do here? Let's get to it. I'm ready to get to it. Students, as soon as we know, Uh, We'll be back on Friday, and we are going to break it down for you, everything that we have learned this week from the governor. I'm sure that our district will have a plan for whatever comes. We're going to stick to the facts, and we're going to make sure that you stay informed. So we want to hear from you. Don't forget to leave us a message. You can email. You can message us on Instagram. Let us know what you think, and we will be back on Friday. Have a great week. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you.